All right, back in the saddle and ready to hit the road for Tampa Bay. And coming off a win for the first time this season with DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, I am J.B. Long. Fellas, let's get to some opening statements. This Bring opening it. drive. DeMarco, why don't you start? Big picture thought on your mind between Seattle and the Bucks. Oh, my God. Big picture thoughts. Um, you know, look, uh, I think Seattle, I think the Rams caught Seattle at the right time because Russell Wilson isn't healthy, obviously. Um, and they've got issues on the O-line. Um, but going to Tampa, you know, I think this O-line might be better. Uh, they're better run blockers, definitely, than Seattle. So uh, they're going to pop a few runs, uh, no doubt, by the way they block. Um, but Jameis Winston is growing as a quarterback. But I think that offense, I think he looks different without Doug Martin behind him. Um, if there's if there's no toughness back there, if there's no Marshawn Lynch bounce off a bunch of tacklers, pick up first down ability behind Jameis Winston, uh, he makes a lot of mistakes with the football. So this week, entirely winnable, as long as the Rams bring the same intensity, no doubt. MJD. That's tough to go after. But um, I think thinking about Seattle, I thought uh, you hear about the, the, the players only meeting and the buy-in. I got a chance to talk to William Hayes this morning. And he said that, really, we just were technically sound. We were fundamentally sound. We were gap sound. You have to continue to be that uh, that way going to Tampa. Don't let the flight beat you. That's the key when you travel West Coast. Stay hydrated. Don't let you know the extra day travel. You're traveling on Friday instead of Saturday. Don't let that extra day they like beat you. Did you guys travel on Friday a lot? Oh, you have to. You have Did to you? when you well, go coast to coast. You're all the way in Florida. It's yeah. a little bit different. Okay. And so I think yeah. I think you know those are the major keys. And then going out there and follow the same game plan that that uh, the Cardinals did against the Bucks, which is don't let Jameis throw it deep, and force him to go. 80 yards, 10 plays. Don't let him get explosive plays and make Jameis be accurate all the time. Do you like that afternoon time slot in Tampa Bay better than playing <laughs> the 10 a.m. body time West Coast? Uh, for the players, no question. I think it's better for us. You know, I don't think we're going to get home till like <laughs> 3 or 4 in the morning. But I'm just, I'm just giving people Look, both sides of it, It's about the players right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Back to DeMarco's point, though, about yeah, yeah. catching Seattle at the right time. Could I argue that maybe they're catching the Bucks at the right time as well? It's not just Doug Martin. It's a couple other skill guys as well. Cecil, Cecil Shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, their run-blocking tight end, Luke How do you Stocker. have two guys with hammies? I mean, you lost Doug Martin after a quarter to a hammy, and then Cecil Shorts about a quarter later to a hammy. That's the flight. That's what I'm, that's, Fire that's the, the strength coach. No, it's, <laughs> what it's, were you it's guys not, doing? It's not that. You know, when you're on that plane and you're, you're 30, you know, 35,000, 40,000 feet in the air, people don't know. You get dehydrated on those flights. And so you, the, I remember in Jacksonville, our trainers would say, you have to drink at least a bottle of water and a bottle of Gatorade for every hour you're on the plane. You're talking Makes about sense. that's 12 bottles uh, at least 12 bottles of water and 12 bottles of Gatorade. There's so, not enough bathrooms on the plane for it, that. Exactly. And so guys are gonna <laughs> guys are gonna try to sleep. Guys are gonna do other things. Yeah. You're crunched up in those seats. Is even though they're spacious, you know, enough for myself. But some of these other big guys, it's not as spacious. And so you're gonna be stiff. And those things are gonna happen. I, again, that's why I was saying for the Rams, they have to they have to defeat the game. They have to win the game in the air. You know what? Uh, real quick, JB, you asked this question at practice, and I'm still arguing over. You asked us to rank the NFC South court. Oh, we can go all night on that. Remember one. that? Where did you have your rank? What was your your well, run through? Well, here's four? the thing: is because I think what started it was a conversation about Matt Ryan in Atlanta, who for a decade now we've thought That's as, exactly who I'm getting to. But go ahead. Right, and then Drew Brees is obviously right there. But the new guard of Cam Newton and Jameis Winston coming off a four touchdown performance in Week One, you got to kind of rethink: is Matt Ryan suddenly at the bottom well, of that heap? See, that's the thing I was going to bring up, man. Have you guys watched Atlanta's defense? We're not talking about a bunch of world beaters here. So, I mean, four touchdowns against Atlanta, 
six weeks later might not look so good if people are still driving on Atlanta. I think against Arizona, I think without Doug Martin, I have to give you that. But I think against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona, you got a better feel for what Jameis Winston and this offense can be and what they are right now. Uh, just like San Francisco beating the Rams 28 to nothing. I don't think that offense is that good. Do you? I mean, their offense is okay. They do a lot of uh, good things running the ball, I think, in that spread offense, that up-tempo. But going back to your NFC South quarterbacks, yeah. the reason I have Matt Ryan at the bottom is that when the game's on the line, he tends to turn the ball over. He tends to make that crucial mistake. You saw it against uh, week one against Tampa. The game's on the line, it's fourth or whatever, and you throw a pass that like, hits the ground. Like I mean, there's just things like that that I think – I would rather, and when I think of quarterbacks, and this is the, I think this is a question you have to ask yourself when you're talking about, you know, how to rate quarterbacks. Who would you rather have in that crucial last drive? I think if you say out of the it, South guys, out of the South, probably guys, Breeze. You would want Cam one first. Why would I want Cam? Because he's going to. I, I would put Cam. Cam either is going to be one or two for me. Right. And I said out of respect, one because he was just in the Super Bowl. But and, and this is funny. People always bring up age. I'd rather go with Jameis because he's younger. No. I think I'd rather take Drew Brees' next three years versus Jameis's uh, next three years. I don't know about all that. I, I think not. You can't hit quarterbacks far. these days. No, you can't. But these I, guys, I, still, I mean, age is nothing now for quarterbacks. I, I think again when you say things like that, and this is just me in general. I always take the dual threat guy, right? In, in those crucial situations, because his legs are going to get you a first down or two in that last minute. But then when you go after that, you I, I would say Drew Brees because Drew Brees is always going to throw. You know, he's been in those situations and long one, enough. Only one guy in the South has won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then I yeah, and I, I'll give him that yeah. as well. But then I I say then I would say Jameis, and then Matt Ryan. The reason being, I say Jameis is that Jameis is already shown maturity and growth in his throws and how he do and, and how he does yeah, and how he carries himself. He's got six wins as a pro. They, they had two. Take him remember over Matt Ryan, who's been to the playoffs? No, no, no. Six wins as a but, pro. But, for but you say wins, you or, say excuse me seven seven say, wins as a pro. Matt Ryan has been to the playoffs, but the year he went to the playoffs, he had the running back carried the ball almost four hundred times. Just, that's all I'm saying. Like, seven so wins. That, and we've already big, put this we'll guy see him all this season because the Rams go through that whole South division in addition to the AFC, which includes the Patriots, who are up ten nothing now on Houston. We'll see them in Foxborough. Uh, let's take our first break here. This is Rams All Access. A lot to look forward to, including DeMarco's interview interview with Trumaine Johnson. Coming up next, Jeff Fisher and the Rams on how they're going to get in the end zone for the first time in week three. That's coming up on Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710. What do you think about this idea? How about if I have the guys one day this week just bring sleeping bags into the facility and they just have like a like a sleepover in the end zone? Like the, the players, yeah, just offensive guys. Sleepover in the yeah, end zone. Just have like a, camp, you know, just have like a, I kind of like that. Bring sleeping bags, just do whatever, and light some candles, and just bring some food out there, and just sleep in the end zone. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I do like that okay. idea. Get familiar That's with a it. Good place to be. That is a great place to I be. I love the end zone, and we just haven't been able to get there. So. It's your chance for Coach Fisher to answer your questions from the most comfortable seat in the house, the Reeds Furniture Recliner Lounge, the Jeff Fisher Show every Monday night, 6 to 7, here on ESPN LA 710. Tweet your questions at ESPN Los Angeles. That was Coach Fisher from Monday at Bogies talking about breaking this touchdown drought as we welcome you back to Rams All Access. JB Long with DeMarco Farr and MJD. Our Twitter poll this week, how many touchdowns will the Rams score at Tampa Bay? 7% think the Woo. drought continues. 24% think they'll get one. 51%, the majority, think two touchdowns this week against the Bucks, and 18% say three or more. That's, what say you? Uh, you know, at least one. Uh, look, uh, at some point, 
the offense is going to click. They're going to miss a tackle. You're going to get in the end zone. But I'll tell you this, man. You got McCoy problems this week. You really do. That defensive line can bring it. Gerald McCoy, their three technique in Tampa Bay. Uh, Aaron Donald is the top of the heap when it comes to three techniques. Not too far behind him is McCoy. Uh, He's a get-off machine. Ayers is good at right end. So you've got problems this week trying to keep these guys off of Case Keenum. And remember, Case is not the biggest guy in the world. So if you get beat fast up front, that's a pressure. It probably results in a sack or a dead play. So I would say at least one, and we'll work from there. If you can add one touchdown to what Greg Zerline did this past weekend against Seattle, that's not a bad offensive day, if you ask me. You mentioned Ayers. He may not go. An ankle injury yet to practice this week. MJD, who scores the Rams' first <laughs> touchdown when they do ultimately break the dam? I think it's Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley gets free this week. Uh, we saw him, his runs ex- expand. You know, he went from the, the two-yard, three-yard gains against the Niners to having nine and ten yards and almost breaking one. And so I think uh, this week he is going to break that run. He's going to be the one that stretches the 60-yard the run. And when he does, I'm going to just call down DeMarco Farr and say there's that, one. No, Well, I mean, you, you've had to stand behind Blaine Gabbert, a guy who was trying to find it, right? What was that like for you staring at nine guys looking back at you on defense? The, you know, the biggest, That's got to suck, man. No, no, it does. My whole career was like that. It, <laughs> to me, it's just, it, it was every day to me. You know? It was kind of like waking up and, and going to the bathroom. But uh, for me, you know, it's and it's something stink. I talked to Todd about is you just have to stick with your fundamentals because when, that, when, the, when you do the right thing every time and that time does break for you, it'll, you'll be right there. But if you keep pressing and, and not cutting and, and not sticking to your fundamentals and kind of freestyling, you're going to miss a hole, and that could be the game changer. Let's stay on that topic and let's go to some listener questions. You might remember uh, Dickerson running the 47 gap. It yeah. was like the, the the favorite play of his era, running right side. Uh, Al's Bones wants to know, do the Rams have anything similar for Todd Gurley? Of course they do. Big back, same thing. Um, the, the, the one difference is Dickerson's right tackle is in the Hall of Fame <laughs> in Jackie Slater. Um, but I think Rob Havenstein is coming along. man. I mean, when I saw him get off the bus when they drafted him, he looked like a five-year vet. You know what I mean? By the way he carried himself, he has a baby face, but the way he carried himself, he's huge. Uh, I, I think he can turn into one of those guys. Not saying Hall, Hall of Famer, but those same plays you saw Dickerson bust and have success with, Gurley can have success with. It just depends on how you block it up. Yeah, I think, again, uh, a lot of the issues you're having with Gurley and the way that everything is going is the offensive line is still trying to click. You remember Havenstein didn't play all preseason all preseason, you had, you're mixing guys around. I mean, the guard situation, we saw JB was uh, kind of – they threw Brown in to start, and they came back with uh, – Well, Roger Saffold started at right tackle all preseason, then you flopped him to guard when Havenstein right. come back. So you had two new guys. No, you yeah. ended up having three at yeah. the end of the day. And so I think they're still trying to figure out what's going on. And once that clicks, and we started to see it click against Seattle. So I think, again, it's like you have to have patience with the running game, especially early on. What people don't understand, everyone's defense is fresh and flying around and guys are excited. Right. Come mid-October and it starts to get a little chilly and it's not the same. You're hurting a little bit. Yeah. It, it, the runs are going to start to break a little bit more. David Shaw, the head coach of Stanford, his father, Willie, was our defensive coordinator. He used to always say the defense is going to be ahead of the offense in September because you hit the ground running. I mean, your playbook is in two weeks into camp. I don't know about offense. It takes about a month, longer, to have everything in, and then you have to gel at the same time. Well, you know, your playbook, it takes, you know, you try to install your playbook three or four different times uh, throughout the season, once in OTAs, uh, once right after OTAs for minicamp, and then once in training camp. But still, you have a lot of issues with guys not understanding where they're going. Guys tend to panic a little bit when they're thrown in the fire. And you're seeing that now. I thought uh, Monday night, you know, I, I saw the Rams' offense panic. They, 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 weren't, they didn't feel comfortable. As, as Case Keenum said, he saw ghosts. That's the thing, yeah. 
That's the guy you're looking at is 17. You know, I mean, all this the girly stuff, the defense, we know what you're, we're going to get out of them. It's what are you going to get out of 17 on game day? That's the big question. Well, let's use that as a jumping off point to go back to the uh, the listener questions as we have you here on ESPN LA 710 on Rams All Access with Marco Farr and MJD. I'm JB Long. A Rams fan for life is watching Thursday Night Football. The Patriots have a 13 nothing lead on, lead on Houston, and he wants to know if J- Jacoby Brissett can do it. Why not Jared Goff? <laughs> um, I'll just answer with one word: Belichick. I yeah, mean, you gotta you're, stop, man. You're you're talking about a miracle worker <laughs> uh, uh, as a football coach. No. If Nick Saban, oh, you're not as high on that. If no. Nick Saban is the top of college football, then you've got to put Belichick at the top of pro football. The, the funny thing, the funny thing that, and I, I had to answer this question uh, throughout the week is. People have to understand, these guys are getting thrown into action when they weren't supposed to be, right? So you talk about Dak Prescott. If Tony Romo doesn't get hurt, he's not playing right, right. now. You talk about uh, if Bridgewater doesn't Carson get hurt, Wentz. Sam is in Pittsburgh. Right. If you yeah. talk about Carson <laughs> Wentz, yeah. yeah. If, 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 if Bridgewater's not hurt, you said it. Bradford doesn't go to, to Minnesota. He's RG3 starting, in Cleveland. Yeah, RG3. Right. So you have all these instances where these rookies aren't thrown in there. They don't actually want to put these rookies in there. They have to put them out there. And so with that situation... The Rams have the convenience of having Case Keenum here, a guy who knows and understands the offense, and you can continue to teach golf and until his time and his time is ready. And we, we all forget, Jeff Fisher did this with uh, Steve McNair in Tennessee, and it worked out there for them. Oh, God. Let's get a uh, defensive question in from Eddie. Will the Rams use a spy on Jameis Winston? And if so, who might it be? I wouldn't spy Jameis. I mean, Jameis can scramble, but he's, he's not a, a, a dual threat. Would you call him a dual threat? No, he. I think he's 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 not as athletic as Blaine Gabbert. But he can I, pull it down and run. Yeah, he can run if he has to. But I don't think he's was going to do what Blaine did on Monday no. night. He's trying to throw the ball down the field. And and the Rams helped Blaine Gabbert with that. I mean, look, you've got rush lanes as as a pass rushing group as a defensive line. The ends are outside and contained. The inside guys, one guy is going to have to go through the the guard tackle gap, the B gap. Somebody's going to have to post up and stay in the A gap. That is the middle fork of, of the pass rush. If you have two B-gap rushers, it's wide-ass open in the middle. The quarterback's going to step through there all day long. So I don't see a spy. I just see more lane integrity on the pass rushers. That would control Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think William Hayes said that uh, that's what they did against Russell Wilson. They had to stay in their lanes. They couldn't get out. You couldn't give him a chance. Even though he was hobbled, they still didn't want to give him a chance to run. They wanted to keep him in the pocket. I think you'll see the same thing with It's Jameis. no fun. I'll tell you this. Look, not everybody can get the sack. If you're Aaron Donald, if you're going after the sack, so be it. Michael Brockers must stay at home. If Michael Brockers takes an upfield charge and he's winning, Aaron Donald must stay home and contain the quarterback. If not, you're wasting your pass rush. All right, time for one more. It comes from Sean, who, after seeing the win at the Coliseum, wants to know if you guys think these Rams have playoff potential. we got a minute, so we need tight answers. It's, it's too early, early, man. Yeah, it's, still early. <laughs> it's way too early. There's a lot. I said tight answers, not cop-outs. <laughs> um, I'll say a- yes. I'll say yes, because they've beaten Seattle. They beat Arizona in Arizona last year. So, yes, uh, I, I think they do have playoff potential, as long as 17 shows up. The division was not the problem last year. It was right. out of division. So here we go to Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah, I'm a, it's still early. I, I I can't give you a complete answer until uh, I see the rest of the season happen. Fair I'm enough. Over. And I'll tease what's ahead tonight on ESPN LA 710 and Rams All Access. A one-on-one with Tremaine Johnson. DeMarco Farr has that. 
MJD picks a fantasy stud of the Week 3 matchup between L.A. and Tampa Bay. We'll take a look around the division, the matchups in the NFC West. But coming up next, we go behind enemy lines. It's called Four Down Territory, and we'll check in with someone who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the latest from Florida. That's coming up next on Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710. Welcome back to Rams All Access in time for a new segment we call Four Down Territory. It's our weekly trip into opponents' territory, and we have four questions for someone who covers the opposing team. This week, it's Fox 13 Sports Director Scott Smith, who is in Tampa Bay and just happens to be my brother-in-law. Scott, how are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good, JB. How are you? I'm all right. All right, first question. Which Jameis Winston should we expect on Sunday? The one who threw four touchdowns week one or the one who threw four picks in week two? I think probably going to see a Jameis more similar to week one. You know, this guy is as tough a competitor as there is out there. And, and last week in Arizona, his accuracy was off. He admitted as much afterwards, and I think that he's kind of worked to correct some of those things. We've seen poor performances like this before out of Jameis and have him bounce back the following week. So I would anticipate something a little bit more in line with week one. How committed are the Bucks going to be to running the football with Doug Martin on the shelf? Well, they're going to certainly miss him. Uh, they have uh, Charles Sims and Jacquez Rogers back there. The dirt cutter thinks can kind of hold the line and do a decent job filling in. But you know, they will certainly miss Doug Martin. Their identity is a run first team. So I think that he would like to, Dirk would like to establish that once again. But we'll see. I mean, if they get behind like they did last week, that obviously cuts into some of those carries. But they think they have a kind of a one-two punch in Sims and Rogers that can at least get the job done until Martin is back. Scott, around one buck place this week, do you get a sense of urgency given that this is their home opener, they're coming off a terrible loss, and knowing they've got the Super Bowl participants in Denver and Carolina next on their schedule? Yeah, no question. I mean, this is a, this is a big game. And on, on top of all that, They've dumped you know tens of millions of dollars into stadium renovations at Ray J, and so they want to put on the best show possible for this home crowd here in week three. They know that what they did last week, coming into this season when they're talking about, hey, we're going to be a lot better than people think we're going to be, and you lay an egg like that in Arizona, that certainly kind of leaves everybody with a nasty taste in their mouth, and you can see that in the at the at one buck this week, and I think they they really want to bounce back and show that they're they're a much better team. Which rookie is Tampa Bay most excited about? Is it Vernon Hargraves with the 11th pick, Noah Spence with the 39th, or maybe somebody else? Well, nobody probably elicits a response like Roberto Aguayo, the kicker that they draft in the second round, but I'd say it's Vernon Hargraves. He's made an immediate impact with this team. Uh, he has immediately kind of golfed two positions. I mean, he's your nickelback. He can also play outside and play corner. And he is as mature as they come. Plus, he's a, he's a local guy. He went to Wharton High School here in the Tampa Bay area. He went to Florida. So the fans here know him. They love him. And he's already competing. And he's he's had a pretty tough assignment the first couple of weeks with Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd last week. So he's got his hands full again this week with, with Britt and Austin. But uh, he seems to be a, a kid that's up for the challenge. All right, Scott, clean up the guest room. I'll be there on Saturday. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, buddy. All right. Have a good night. Back with MJD and DeMarco Farr, JB Long. We continue on Rams All Access here on ESPN LA 710. Uh, Just make sure you make the bed before you leave. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I'll stay with you guys feet. in the hotel. <laughs> uh, look, it was a 40-7 to loss in Glendale last week. They called it the debacle in the desert, at least those who covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. When you guys played someone who had taken one on the chin the week before, what typically did you get from them in response when you showed up on their home field? Oh, you're going to get their best shot. You know, I think uh, 
You saw that this week with the Rams going against the Seahawks. You know, you take one on the chin Monday night, you come back to open up in L.A., and all of a sudden the defense is flying around. They look completely different. The offense is moving the ball. Guys are jacked up. So you have to understand that going in that the same effort that you gave last week, you're going to need to either amp that up or try to match that uh, this week going into Tampa. There's one thing I learned is teams can prepare for what you were, not what you are. You're going to get better through the week, or you can get worse. Um, just looking at that tape, watching Jameis throw the football at Patrick Peterson, you wonder why. Now, he picked him off. Uh, they picked him off a few times, a couple of pick sixes, but he did beat Patrick Peterson for a touchdown pass. So the guy's got confidence. He is not afraid to throw it in there. So I think you're going to get their best shot offensively and defensively, like Mo said, but... Look, they've got problems just like everybody else. So they're still making mistakes, as are the Rams. So uh, game day, it's all about who makes the fewest. The Buccaneers could be down four, maybe even five frontline players due to injury. The Rams are kind of on the other side of that coin right now. The advantage they have is they are healthy, maybe healthier than any team in the league as they go to Tampa Bay. Knock on wood. EJ Gaines <laughs> potentially comes back to help the secondary. Might we see Troy Hill at the second quarter? corner opposite of true as they get set to face mike evans and vincent jackson two of the biggest most physical six foot five receivers in the league and seeing Jameis winston who threw a career high 57 attempts playing all the way through a blowout loss last week yeah it's going to definitely be a a tough challenge but i think health is on the ram side and that's the key in this game the healthier the team is the, the better chance you have to win uh but you know, when you do have two six five, six six receivers and me playing in Dirk Cutter's offense, he's going to play to that. He, he knows that, okay, Troy Hill may be 5'10", 5'11". Especially with no Doug. Yeah. Why yeah. not? All right, I'm, I'm gonna, we're just going to take our chances. And so I think you'll have to play a lot of cover two just to stop the, or to at least uh, attempt Jameis not to throw those go balls or those post routes. Uh, to Mike yeah. Evans and to Vincent Jackson. The the, the condiment bowl last year, uh, Tampa came to St. Louis and they tried to play Smash Mouth. They did play Smash Mouth, popped a few. Uh, but Jameis, his first pass attempt, Aaron Donald beats Ali Marpet and almost cuts Jameis Winston in half at the waist. I mean, if you're going to try to go vertical against the Rams, and I would too, I would definitely try to take LaMarcus Joyner. He's not the biggest guy. I'd take everybody vertical outside of Tremaine Johnson because they're not so big with the receivers I have. But remember, you're opening your quarterback up to a pounding. You are. I mean, look, they're going to win one-on-one. Robert Quinn is going to win one-on-one. Aaron Donald's going to win one-on-one. So if he does get it off, he's going to get hit, and he's been hit a lot already in two games. The uh, condiment bowl that you referenced, yeah. uh, have your retinas recovered no. from the color rush <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then St. Louis Rams? No, no. You can't see numbers. You can't see anything. It's just... It's ketchup and mustard running down the field. But it was a great game, though. I mean, Doug Martin, um, look, I don't know where you'd rank him. I don't know. Does he remind you of you? Because when I see him, I see you. And running style. Between running the tackles, style. the yeah. bowling ball, the bouncing pinball. off. Yeah. yeah, no, we're from the same area. He's from Stockton. I'm from Antioch, which is about 10 miles away from each other. So we do have probably similar same styles of coaching uh, from that area. But, you know, Doug is definitely an explosive guy. He's not the, the long speed burner, um, but he does have the ability to make people miss, and he catches the ball well out of the backfield. And that's something when I talked to Dirk uh, earlier this offseason about is that he loved that about Doug Martin, that he came back fired up in shape, just got his new deal. He wasn't out of shape, and, it, you know, it kind of sucks that he's not there. We don't get the chance to see him. 
but also for the Rams, it's it's a good thing. Now you don't have to worry as much. Charles Sims is not a runner. He's not known to be a runner. He's known to be a receiver out of the backfield, and, and Rodgers as well. Those guys are receiving backs out of the backfield. The Rams have won four consecutive games in four consecutive years against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You mentioned that Thursday night contest from 2015. They won that one without Alec Ogletree, without T.J. McDonald, and without Robert Quinn, who Let's sure looked back again. in good form <laughs> against the Seattle Seahawks. Coming up next on Rams All Access here on ESPN LA. A preview of what's happening in the NFC West plus DFAR's conversation with True Maine Johnson as he gets set to take on Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. That's coming up on ESPN LA. Back on Rams All Access and in that NFC West, all four teams are one and one through two weeks. The Rams head of the East Coast, as do the Arizona Cardinals. But let's start with the showdown in Seattle, Niners and Seahawks. Niners, Seahawks. Seahawks have scored just 15 points this season, second fewest to the Rams. Are they in jeopardy of a home loss against a 49ers group that has played Los Angeles well and not half bad against Cam and Carolina either? Yeah, I think so. I think this is going to be the game uh, that the Niners uh, go up there and get a victory. Reason being is Russell's not healthy. I mean, he he's hobbling around. Uh, I get it. You know, Pete's like, oh, he practiced. He'll be fine. But when DeMarco said on the field that he had a 10 pounds of tape on his ankle, I've had that before. I know what that feels like. He's not mobile enough, and that offensive line is not good enough to hold up. DeFar, who should Rams fans be rooting for in this contest? Uh, Seattle to beat San Francisco because San Francisco beat you. But, look, uh, I – I would pick Seattle up there, man. I mean, they're going to have that 12th man going. That's going to be hard for San Francisco to move the football. And remember, man, uh, I know Greg Williams, he was just joking with me, but he was upset that the Rams only they gave up three points. He says that's too much. But think about Seattle's defense. I mean, you come down here to the L.A. Rams home opener and don't give up a touchdown. Now you're going back home, and you're facing a Chip Kelly-type offense, but you're going back to where it's a pit of hell for any offense up there. So I, I would take Seattle, even with Russell Wilson, um, hamstrung right now. San Francisco has lost their last four road games in Seattle by an average of more than 20 points. But, MJD, this one's for you. Who has the longest active streak of touchdown passes in consecutive games going in the NFL right now? Your uh, boy. I think Blaine Gabbard, I want to say, right? How about that? Who would have guessed that Longest one? active streak? 12 in a row. Blaine. Each of his last 12 Games. How many picks? <laughs> That's so How many interceptions are in there? You got to say no disrespect when you're going to do stuff like that, man. You just can't dis- disrespect <laughs> that man like that. <laughs> wow. With that, let's go to Buffalo. Cardinals. So the couple of the uh, next opponents for Los Angeles after this trip to Tampa Bay, they get the cars in Arizona and then home to the Bills. You can make the case that after that showing against Tampa Bay, the Cardinals might be the best team in football according to ESPN Football Power Index. Offensively second, defensively fifth in efficiency despite the loss to New England. How good do you think Buffalo is? I think Rex is out of there by, by week eight. Anybody else? You're so funny. I'm serious. I think but what we have to fail to realize, that travel is going to take a toll on them. And we saw last year, I want to say, the Cardinals went – they had, they I want to say they played Detroit, then they ended up playing in Pittsburgh, and that's when Pittsburgh was struggling, and Pittsburgh won that game. Mm-hmm. And so that travel is going, to, is going to whoop you a little bit. I think uh, this is going to be a closer game than people think, but I feel like uh, Bruce Arians does a better job getting his team up and ready to go than what Rex has done in the past, especially if you have a new OC. You have Dude. a lot of new issues going on. Didn't Rex um, say he was going to be the first one out of here if they failed? 
I guess he lied. Yeah, he gonna be. Well, <laughs> he'll be the second one out. I promise right. you that much. Right. Scheduling wise, did the Rams catch a good one by not having to go to Buffalo and making their road trips through that AFC division? What the Jets and the Patriots? No, I bringing, would say bringing yes. Miami and Buffalo to you. I, you there's something no. up with Jeff Fisher and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick just absolutely blows the doors off Jeff Fisher's football teams. Yeah, he, he does get the yeah. best of that 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 uh, cover two, cover four system. But I think Greg Williams with this attack, this blitzing attack, is going to give a little something more to him. But I, I think going to Tampa and that heat and that humidity is a little bit tougher than going up north. You know, like you're going to be down. We know that the humidity is going to kick in. I played in Florida my whole yeah. career. It's no joke. Them teams they come out of the West. I mean, we beat a very good Chargers team in 2007 when Ladainian was a you know reigning MVP, MVP all right. those good things. Philip Rivers, Vincent Jackson, and they were worn out. And so the key is you know when you get down there is to hydrate. And, and I'm going to keep saying that throughout the show is that you have to win the game today. You can't win the game on Sunday because if you're not hydrating now and you're not taking care of your body now, come yeah. Sunday you're going to be whooped. And never get stuck in Buffalo. <laughs> That's the last place in the world you want to get stuck is in Buffalo. I'm serious. You guys ever hung out in Buffalo? I have. I've been up. Did you have fun? Uh, my, one of I my, mean, I, I, one, not when you're at a bar. No, one of my best <laughs> friends got married there, so we, uh, okay. we did a lot of a lot of uh, That involves nothing, alcohol. <laughs> a lot of nothing in Buffalo. As we wrap up the NFC West conversation, I thought the Cardinals lost a golden opportunity at home against the Patriots in that opener. No Gronk, no Tom Brady. They could not cash it in. I thought that was their chance to really grab the division, the NFC West. They let it go, but here we are through two weeks, and I st- – I still think they're the clear favorite if you ask kind of a, a national objective observer. Uh, again, you know, coming off last year, the Rams beat them. They beat them at home. And so I think you're going to have a situation where if the Rams can win the division like they did last year, go 4-2 and two in the division, and then win a couple outside, I think they'll be fine. I, I mean, again, we have to realize it's easier to beat people that you don't know and harder to beat people that you know. No and doubt. for some reason, the Rams, they have the Seahawks number and they have the Cardinals number. This is Rams All Access, so let's go to practice and get some All Access. DeMarco Farr, you were in Thousand Oaks this week. You had a chance to talk with True. You want to set this up and yeah, then we'll just, uh, have the conversation? Well, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you're talking about Tampa, Jameis Winston, and those big skyscraper receivers, Vincent Jackson and uh, Mike Evans. So it makes sense to talk to the tallest corner the Rams have, Tremaine Johnson. A lot of people are still trying to figure out this team, your football team. I mean, they're still thinking about Monday night. Then they see the home opener in the Coliseum. You beat Seattle. They don't know what the identity of this team is. Do you know what the identity of your team is right now? Uh, of course. Um, Monday, that Monday Night Football, we, that's still hunting us. I know it was two weeks ago, but there was 28 points. It's not us as a defense. Um, but I believe we showed uh, what we could do, you know, versus Seahawks. How about handling prosperity? Huh? It was a big win, a lot. Red Hot Chili Peppers, CeeLo doing the national anthem, <laughs> a lot going on. You get the win. Now you got to move on to Tampa. How do you forget that big win and then get ready for Tampa? Um, build off of it. Um, you know, we want to know right now. That's what I'm thinking about it. And going out there, man, it will be a big win, you know, in a way, um, versus a good Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers team. J- uh, Jameis Winston coming along. You guys played him last year. I mean, I remember hearing him from the booth screaming at his own guys. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. what have you seen from then to now in Jameis Winston? Is he different? Same guy. Uh, he's grown uh, a lot, um, especially his toughness. He's 
he's getting hit, you know, left and right, and he's getting right back up. He's trusting his receivers a lot more too. Um, just throwing the ball up to you know uh, Vincent and um, Evans. Um, doesn't matter if it's single or double um, covers. He's uh, trusting them guys and it's um, it's just throwing the ball up to him. Oh, you like big receivers, big receivers, big corner. I mean, this this is your style of game. Oh, you gotta love it. Um, like you said, um, they about six four, six five. You know, I'm six two. Look give, at you, you're give, smiling. Give, 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 give me give me six three. Um, but like I said, man, it, it's 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 gonna be fun, man. And like I said, Jamie, he gives those guys the chances. That means he's gonna give us chances too. What about you, man? Um, where does that fire come from? I see you pregame. I see you staring people down. I saw you staring people down. <laughs> where does that fire come from to play this game? Oh man, I love this game and I love to compete, man. Um, you know, I, I've had this fire in me since I was little um, playing this game, and I knew. Um, and, you know, these these games are precious, man. It's a blessing to go out there and play the game you love. How about your defense, being a leader? I mean, you. I mean, coming from rookie till now, I mean, you're one of the great bears, one of the older guys out there. What's that like for you, becoming a leader for this defense? Um, it's big, you know. You know, I, I've waited for this time, uh, this uh, moment for a long time. Um, and it's not my time, and I'm just going out there, man, competing and helping the young guys come up. Go get them, dudes, dudes. I appreciate it. Johnson there with DeMarco Farr, yeah. big back-to-back on the road with Jameis Winston, his core we've talked about, and then you turn around and you go back in the division with Carson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals. This secondary is going to be thoroughly tested the next two weeks. You know, Janoris Jenkins was the number one corner last season for the Rams. Now it's Tremaine Johnson. I saw him go head-to-head with Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and absolutely take it to him. Held Megatron to one catch. When have you ever seen that before? Never. Yeah, now, now, mind you, I, I think Calvin Johnson probably had checked out because he is retired now. But, I mean, look, he did go one-on-one with the best in the game, and he shut him down. So you need that same sort of performance this week versus Mike Evans, who gets away with a whole hell of a lot. Well, I mean, my goodness, does he get away with a lot of pushes. Well, he, you know, he's a big guy. But let me ask you this, DeMarco. Do you think he, Tremaine's going to travel with Mike Evans this week? You know, I I don't know um, because there's so many skyscrapers out there. Uh and by travel, you mean play both sides. Play both sides. Like, follow you, him wherever he goes. You got Mike Evans, that's it. I Probably not, no. That's, that's, that's going to be tough, man. Cause yeah. as, as good as, as tall as Vincent Jackson is, he's not the player he was a couple years ago. That's been the scuttlebutt around yeah. Tampa Bay that at 33 years of age, he and Jameis aren't on the same page, and some people have attributed that to the fact that perhaps he's lost a step. Well, well he's never really been that fast, but he's been fast enough. And and Father Time is going to catch us all. We've seen it. He's caught Revis. He's going to get us all at one point. And he's hitting Vincent Jackson. But with Vincent Jackson, you know, he still can catch that jump ball. And that's the key. And so the reason I ask, uh, will Tremaine Johnson follow is because Mike Evans runs deep routes. That's oh, it. Boy. He's not doing much else than running post and goes. And so I think with that being said, are you willing to put Troy Hill or Cody Sensabaugh on uh, Mike Evans if he's or is EJ ready to give you something even if right. it's limited reps coming off of his injury? I might be comfortable leaving Tremaine one on one and rolling the safety over the top of somebody else. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And saying Tremaine, since you are the franchise guy, let me see you lock this dude down. Yeah, earn this money and earn this cash. And I think you can get enough pressure to disrupt Jameis to make sure that passing game isn't on point. You know, one hundred percent of the time. Let's step aside here, but before we are done, we'll go inside the numbers with a statistic you won't believe. The guys' keys to victory, and then they reflect on some of the best bucks they ever played against, plus MJD's Fantasy Stud of the Week. 
coming up on ESPN LA. That's an odd occurrence that a team will play an opponent from outside the division in five consecutive regular seasons. That got us thinking, what if the Rams win a fifth consecutive game against the Bucks? When's the last time that happened? Well, if they do, they will become just the sixth team to defeat a non-division opponent in five consecutive regular seasons. One team, the Saints, did it in six straight seasons against the Bucks from 83 to 88. New Orleans was in the NFC West at the time, and the Bucks were in the NFC Central, thanks to our broadcasting czar, nice. Jory Hirsch, for that extensive nice. research. Welcome back to Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm JB Long here on ESPNLA. Keys to victory, guys, as we get set to go to Tampa Bay. You want to go first? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, limit No turnovers. You can't turn the ball over. You can't give Jameis a short field and allow your defense to win the game for you. Tampa Bay was minus five in that category. They're minus six for the season. They have yet to create a turnover. Neither team has an interception. DeFar. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Um, look, I, I think they're going to come out and try to run the ball, establish the, the ground game. Um, I, I would just say this, man. Um, you have to vary those fronts in front of Mark Barron so he doesn't get overwhelmed at the point of attack. I think that's been a problem. Same thing with Alec Ogletree. So uh, your D-line, continue to get better, continue to control the line of scrimmage, control that run game, and then get after Jameis Winston. On the other side, it's simple, man. Um, you got to eliminate those pre-snap penalties and put the ball in the end zone. I like the whole thing about sleeping bags in the end zone. That sounds funny. That's Jeff Fisher trying to be funny. But it's serious business, man. I mean, you can't expect to beat everybody in the league with just field goals. You're going to have to score points. Yeah, I like that they score kept touchdowns. it light so that yeah. the players don't get bogged down in it. But you know the coaches are losing sleep over oh, it. Yeah. Rob Boris has said as much. Um, fifth consecutive year, we'll see Tampa Bay. Who knows if there'll be a sixth. So I always thought it would be cool just to ask you guys, when we see an opponent that we don't get twice a year, like Tampa Bay, who are your favorite Bucks of all time? Who'd you go up against and think, man, that guy's one of the all-time greats? Oh, Derek Brooks, 2007. Got a chance to play against a Hall of Famer, man. Yeah. It was awesome. Did he hit you? You know what? I, I, I'm not, I don't think he really got close to me that game, to be what? honest with Derek you. Um, he was, it was, he was towards the end of his career. Now Derek will be there on Sunday. Of course. And, and, I, and, I, and he knows, and I know. We went, up, we went into Tampa in 2007. We ran the ball, I want to say, 45 to 50 times. And uh, we came, we snuck out with a victory, but he was in there, man. Yeah. It was nice. It, it was good to see that. Oh, you know, NFC Championship game, 1999 in St. Louis. Um, standing back there and looking through Sean King, no disrespect to Sean King, but looking through him and seeing Allstott at fullback and work done behind him. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, those two guys, man. I mean, that that to me, when they dragged the game into a, to a phone booth, that made it fun. So those two guys are my favorite. Uh, from the other side of the ball, got to go Warren Sapp. Mm. Um, just on the field, Warren Sapp. Everything else, I can't cop to. Well, yeah. See, I played against Warren Sapp <laughs> when he was in Oakland, so it was he was. A, I was a little late to the party on that one. Let's wrap things up by inviting you to see more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com/rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate package to the next game. Vividseats.com/rams. You know that Maurice Jones-Drew is a big fantasy football guy. We don't want to go through all 16 of his rosters, but we do want to tap into his fantasy football expertise each week at this time to look at the specific matchup for Los Angeles and their opponent this week being the Buccaneers. If you could have any player on the field this week in Tampa Bay, MJD, who are you drafting? Uh, it's going to be Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans, the way he, he stretches the ball deep, 
they're going to throw the ball deep at least 10 times this game. And, you know, if Tremaine is not covering them all 10 of those times, he has a great chance of catching it because these other DBs, it's not that they're not good enough, but they're under six foot. And you're talking about a six to seven inch uh, height difference. That's going to be tough to do with arms, arm length and all that. It's going to be tough to stop those guys. All your other stardom and sit questions, find Maurice on Twitter. We don't have time for them right here. I love it. See you in Tampa Bay. DFAR, we'll see you on the plane yes, manana. Absolutely. And we'll be with the Rams this weekend for week three of the National Football League with the entire NFC West at 1-1. One and one. Reminder that coming up next, we've got Jeff Biggs with ESPN LA Rewind. A thank you to Amanda Brown, our executive producer, Julio Morataya, our producer, and Mario Ruiz, our engineer. Guys, it's been a heck of a week. What a moment that was at the Coliseum. Let's see if the Buccaneers can ride that momentum through and win on the road because that's that's what bogged them down last year is the division was fine. They did yeah. well with the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. Can they get it done across the rest of the NFC and even a trip to the East and the AFC? Next time we're in this room together, the three of us, the Rams will be 2-1. I like that. That means that Tremaine Johnson is, is something they've never done in the Jeff Fisher see? era. <laughs> one and one, one and one see? every year. But week three's been their bugaboo. Let's see if they can cross that hurdle this week. That's another nugget, man. I, <laughs> you I, know I, I got you nuggets. Know. You know man, I got nuggets. Guys, to call you McDonald's all the nuggets you're giving out. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Jeff Biggs is next.